Now, you may be wondering, hey, I thought we had children's church at this church. Why are all these young whippersnappers around here? Well, um, every second Sunday, we have what's called Family Sunday. You know, we want, uh, we have a great children's ministry here. Courtney does a great job with Sprouts. But every once in a while, we want the kids in with us and just kind of uh, enjoy what we call big church, you know. And so we uh, are, are so glad to have the kids and kind of uh, enjoy this day. Uh, and it was just a really appropriate time. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19. Uh, we are skipping around just a little bit, but we are able, kind of the way it all works out, the way it's lining up, we're still able to be in uh, the book of Luke as we're going verse by verse through the book of Luke. We're able to stay kind of in the, uh, in the book of Luke during um, Holy Week, and so this is kind of, uh, kind of nice. So as you're turning to Luke chapter 19, we're going to be in verses 28 through 40. So before we, before we get into that, it's nice when you finally see someone get what they deserve. I mean, not in a bad way, a good way, okay? I mean, like in a good way. Like, like when you see someone who deserves celebration and they get it, kind of like, like an athlete who has always just, just missed the championship and when they finally get it, it's like a, just an incredible celebration. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful when you see that. Like, you know, like, like a really stand-up guy, you know, uh, Will Smith gets his first Oscar. You know, that, that was, you know, that's, that's really special. Just kidding. I mean, that's a little too soon. So, I mean, but, uh, uh, but, but, but you know what I mean. See, y'all are great. The first service didn't get that at all, okay? I mean, but, uh, but, but when someone deserves it and finally gets the celebration they deserve, it's amazing. And that's kind of what today is all about. So let's jump into God's Word here, 19 verse 28. And when Jesus said these things, he went ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when Jesus drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say this, The Lord has need of it. So they who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And when they brought it to Jesus, throwing and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it. And as Jesus rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had, they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I pray, God, right now that we, I would be obedient to the teaching of your word, to the context of your word. Open the eyes of our hearts that we may hear you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, the word that came into my mind as I was studying this, as I was just praying through this passage and thinking through Holy Week and just kind of, God, what do you want for this day? The word that kept kind of floating around, dancing around in my mind was the word expectation. There is a lot of emotion shared in this passage. There's, there's emotion from Jesus, there's emotion from the crowd, and there's even emotions from the Pharisees. Expectation can be very powerful. I mean, the, the, the idea of something that you want, something that you're expecting, I mean, that, that, that energy, that power that comes when, when there is expectation. I mean, we just, uh, j- just dedicated two babies. When, when, when a mother is at that nine-month mark, 
And it could be any day now. Every day there is, there is power built up in that expectation. When, when you are, are, are applying for a job or, or some sort of promotion and every day you're waiting for that phone call or that email, there's power in that, that emotion of expectation. Amen. And so we're going to look at some expectations today in verses 28 through 34. There's Jesus' expectation. Uh, and, um, actually, before we do that, we're going to back up uh, to a passage we skipped a couple of weeks ago. In chapter 18, verses 31 through 33, Jesus, taking the twelve, said to them, now this is, Jesus, this is before this happened, backing up a chapter before, see, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered upon the Gentiles and be mocked and shamefully treated and spat upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. See, Jesus knew exactly what was coming. I mean, he, he called it. He pulled the disciples aside. And he said, listen, guys, this is what's coming. And, and there was an expectation that Jesus had of what was to come. And he did what, he, what any of us would do. He brought his friends together and said, listen, I need, to, I need to lay out, guys. I need to lay out what's coming. Because so far, we've, we've been having some fun with some miracles. We've been having some fun with, you know, the kids' lunch, turning it into to, 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 uh, a feast for the multitudes. That was kind of fun. You know, hey, when I healed the blind guy, that was kind of cool, right? Kind of when I, when I kept sticking it to the Pharisees, that was kind of fun, wasn't it? But let me tell you what's coming. I'm going to go. Uh, we're, we're heading to Jerusalem. That's been our destination from the, whole, from the get-go. When I get there... I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be spat upon. They're going to flog me. They're going to kill me. But I'm going to rise. It was completely lost on the disciples, but, but we need to remember that Jesus had this expectation. Jesus knew the mission. His journey was always to head towards Jerusalem, but more than Jerusalem, his journey was always to head towards the cross, but more than the cross, his journey was always to be uh, access so that we would have access to the Father. His journey was always to, to heal the broken, to always uh, allow us to, to, to be redeemed in our brokenness, in our sin. Jesus had expectations. Jesus expected worship on that Palm Sunday. Listen, th th this was amazing. When I think of Palm Sunday, what I love about Palm Sunday, it is, it is the most natural way that Jesus should be treated in all of Scripture. Because in, in that moment, when Jesus was riding on the colt, and people were shouting His name, and people were laying down their cloaks, and they were waving the branches and shouting, Praise be to the King! Of, uh, to, to the King! That is exactly how Jesus should be, be treated. Jesus should be worshipped. Jesus should be celebrated. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. And that's Jesus in that moment was in his most natural state as God to be worshipped. He wasn't feeling like, oh, come on, guys. You know, I mean, people celebrate and they, you know, they, woo, you know, oh, come on, you know, you know. No, Jesus, Jesus took it in because he is God. And that is the natural state of Jesus. It's to be worshipped. It's to be celebrated. 
Jesus expected worship on that Palm Sunday, but again, we need to know that Jesus expected heartbreak on that Good Friday. Jesus knew that those who were cheering, Hosanna, 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 just a few days later, would be cheering, crucify, crucify, crucify. You see, Jesus had expectations of worship, but he also had expectations of heartbreak. And what does Jesus expect out of us? Those two same things. Jesus knows what we should do, and that's to worship. Our natural, our natural response to Jesus on the daily is to worship Him. Why? Because He is worthy to worship Him. Why? Because He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. What we should do on the daily is to worship Him. That is the natural response. That's what Jesus expects from us. But He also expects, knowing who we are, that we don't always do what we should do. We do what we often do, and that's break His heart. There's also the expectation of heartbreak that Jesus has. That He knows that every day I'm not going to worship Him as I'm supposed to. He knows there are going to be days that Pastor Sean, that I'm going to break His heart because I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. That I'm going to sin, that I'm going to fall short. So there's expectations that we worship, but we also fail. So we have Jesus' expectation, but we also have the prophet's expectation. I was looking up just the different prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus. And there's numbers that range from all over the place. I mean, li literally hundreds. Uh, but the, I'm going to stick with the most conservative estimate that I found. The most conservative number I found was a little over 300 prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus. I mean, that's, that, that's staggering. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. When you think about what all the things that happened in order for Jesus to be able to claim who he was, who he was. Just two of them, real quick. Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation as he Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Second Kings 9.13 Then in haste, every man of them took his garment and put it under him on the bare steps. And they blew the trumpet and proclaimed, Jehu is king. Now, what's the point of those two? What, what it showed you, and listen, all of those Jewish people in the community, all those Jewish people in Jerusalem on the, on the roads, they would have known that imagery. They would have known that imagery. They would have said, when they saw Jesus on the colt, and when the people started putting their coats on the ground before him, the imagery would have been stark. I mean, when I think of, now, now this is John's Island, okay? I can't say this about a lot of places, but you know donkeys, okay? I mean, we know animals here, okay? I mean, Maybe not. I mean, not those of us from Ohio and other places, but, but the rep, you, you John's Island folk, you know, we know animals, okay? And, and, and so donkeys don't exude power. You know, I mean, when, when you think of a king coming through, you think of a stallion. Hello, here I am. I mean, that, that, that's not what you get here. And he came on a donkey like, see, he's showing his humility as he comes through. No! When Jesus came through on that donkey, he was... He was declaring before everybody. He was saying, listen, you've seen me do my miracles. You've seen me heal the lame. You've seen me heal the blind. 
But make no mistake, from this point on, you will know why I'm here. I am the king. And, and, and the, 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 the Pharisees are like, would you sh- keep these guys quiet? I forgot his family dad, his kids in here. Would you keep these guys quiet? Do you understand what they're saying? And Jesus is like, yes, I absolutely understand what I'm saying, what they're saying. And it's time everybody knows. I am the king. And he came through victoriously because he was the king. From the time of the fall, from the time when Adam and Eve fell, a plan was put in place to redeem mankind. That plan was Jesus. And when the crowds waved their palms shouting, Hosanna, Lord, save us, they didn't realize how true their proclamations were. And so as we Look to the Word to see how we respond. What is our expectation? Too often, we focus on what are you waiting for God to do for you? That's how we see church. You know, it's like you come into church and you're like, what can God do for you? And kids, all all you kids in here, look at me. Listen, what you need to hear, and what I know Courtney teaches you and what we teach, is that God is not a genie. God is not a genie to where you pray, Lord Jesus, please give me ice cream for lunch. Poof, that's what I have. No. We we get this thing backwards. We we have this attitude. We have this mentality that we come in and that Jesus is here for us. And that's that's backwards. It's backwards. We need to turn it around. What is God expecting out of us today? Jesus says, the Pharisees tell him to keep the, to keep the crowds quiet. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm not going to tell these guys to be quiet. It's time that everybody knows who I am. And by the way, my father, if these guys are quiet, my father will make the stones cry out. They will begin to worship me. It was down. It was happening. So what is... What is our expectation? What does God expect out of us? Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord expect out of you? Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Let's just unpack these real quick. Kids, track with me. Come on, kids, track with me. Number one. <coughs> oh, sorry. Wow, sorry. Do justice. In other words, do God. We need to stop allowing the culture to tell us that any time we stand up for justice and do what we're supposed to do, that somehow we are woke or somehow we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're liberal. No, if we see a problem as Christians, it's our responsibility, it's our job to point that out. It's our job to find those who are marginalized, to those who are, who are, uh, who are hurting, to those who are broken. It is our job, thank you, it, it is our job to seek justice. But notice always, any time God says that we're to, to point out sin or any time that God tells us to, 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 uh, to, to be holy or to, to, to hold other people accountable, it's always followed up with something similar to this, to love kindness, to be loving. We have this attitude, like if we see sin, oh, we're supposed to do justice. We're supposed to point out sin, and we're like, no, you know. I mean, we, we see ourselves as like God's stamp, you know, foot of just, boot of justice. No. 
It's always followed with in love or in kindness. And that's our job as a believer is to, is to do justice and love kindness. And then finally, to walk humbly before your God. Be humble. Be humble, not as in meekness necessarily. We should do that as well. But humility in knowing your place. You see, between Palm Sunday and Good Friday... Something happened. You see, the crowd went from the right perspective with Jesus in saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then it became about them. And our lives, we go from, we go from moments of Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to crucify, crucify, crucify. Because suddenly it was about them and not about God. Crowds are crazy, man. I, I, you know, I, I love the movie uh, Men in Black. Actually, the mo- movie's okay. But I love a line in the first movie, Men in Black. Will Smith, I, I'm on a Will Smith kick today. I don't know. Uh, but uh, in, in that first movie, Men in Black, there's a great line. Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. And they, Will Smith finds out there's aliens. And he says, hey, you know, we need to let the people know that the aliens are real. He says, people are smart. And Tommy Lee Jones says a really smart thing. He says, you know what? He said, no, they're not. A person is smart. People are reckless. And I've seen this happen. I took a youth group to a concert one time, thousands of people in the stadium. And they were late, and I was bored, and you should never get me bored. Okay, that's a bad thing. And so I was bored, and it was kind of late, and it was kind of quiet. And so just for giggles, I just started shouting, just me by myself the entire stadium started cheering and they're just they had no idea what they're cheering for but they're going after it man they were going after it and it's like it's amazing how fickle and how how passionate people will get when they don't even know what's going on and so this idea of being humble walking humbly know your place before god don't get caught up in 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 moments or in crowd-like moments, know your place before God and walk with Him. As we finish, as we respond, as we do every week, we take communion every week because it is the ultimate symbol, the ultimate metaphor of the gospel. You see, because that first Holy Week happened and Jesus... He died on the cross. Before doing so, he had one last supper with his, with his, with his, with his guys, with his people. And he, and he took it and he said, listen, he passed the bread. He said, this bread is broken. This bread represents my body broken for you. And he took the, 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 the wine and he passed the wine. He said, this wine represents my blood shed for the sins of man. And when we eat this bread and we drink this wine, we drink this, we do this and remember what Jesus did for us. That he died on the cross and rose again so that we have access to the Father through him. And that's the gospel. And so we're going to pray and just have a moment of reflection and pray. And then afterwards, if you feel led, if you're a believer, your heart is right, then you come and you take communion and you just... You take it on your own at your seat. You just take it back to your seat and take it either with you or your family. And just enjoy remembering this moment of what Jesus did for us. Let's pray.
I want you just to take a moment. I just want you to imagine that scene. I want you to imagine that scene where Jesus is coming down the road. Picture the young donkey. Picture the the cloaks all over the road. Picture the palm branches waving and the deafening shouts of the crowd. I want to ask you right now in this moment, are you in the crowd? Are you worshiping Jesus in this moment? Or are you hanging back, still doubting, still not sure who in the world this Jesus guy is? I invite you. I invite you to worship. I invite you to come and to say, Jesus is Lord. Hosanna, our Lord, saving us. If there's anybody who is watching on Facebook or anybody in this place is ready to say, yes, I'm all in, that you'd be willing to come to me, come to Marty, come to anybody and just say, you know what, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this moment we have. May your Holy Spirit fill this place, move in our hearts, draw us to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come and let's take communion together.